morning, Cultivate Church. I'm so excited to be here. How are y'all doing? Y'all look good. I'm telling you, there's a different vibe in the air at 1130. Like, y'all have had the proper amount of coffee and some <laughs> real real breakfast and things like that. This is good. This is good. Uh, I'm very excited to be here. Um, we're in week three of Summer Sundays. This is a cool series to me because we shake up the usual and you get to hear from some different people. Today, you have yours truly. Um, next week, we're going to have our friend Sylvester Mixon from Unity Christian Center, and it's going to be so great. So y'all want to be a part of next week, too. Um, but I only get to share my heart outside of the worship arena every so often, and we didn't have so much of a 2020, so I feel like it's been forever ago since I've gotten to share, so I'm very excited. And I really just prayed about what I, not only what God was speaking to me, but will be good to share with our church. And I am very excited about um, the message I have for today. Um, you don't have an outline in your worship guide, but you do have some blank note paper. If you want to grab that, that, have it in your hands. I've got some stuff you're going to want to remember, but you will only remember the silly stuff and you'll forget the important stuff until you walk out and then later you will want to have it. So... Write that on down. It'll be good. I'm calling our message this morning, Swipe Right. If you have either experienced a dating app, if you haven't, you've probably at least heard about how they work. You swipe right when you see somebody that you want to start a relationship with to say, yeah, let's do this thing. So what I want us to remember in our minds this morning is that intentional decision to swipe right and say, Jesus, I want to start a relationship with you. And I know that this morning you could be checking out, you could be like, I've been in church for a long time, so I will just like doodle on my note sheet now. But I don't want anybody to check out, because here's the thing, whether you've never given Jesus two thoughts or whether you've been serving him for 100 years, there is one more step we can always take in relationship with him. There's always, always, always more to be had. And so I want us to really hang in with me this morning and um, take some notes, because um, I think this is going to be really good. Today's message is really personal to me. And it's just as applicable today as the day I started my journey with Jesus. And so I'm going to lay some groundwork for you. I grew up in church. We went to church every single Sunday, every Wednesday night. It was talked about at home. It was always a really big part of our lives. Um, when you layer on top of that, that I'm a pretty hardcore rule follower, um, I was a pretty good kid. I'm going to follow the rules, whether they make sense or not, whether they are dumb or not. I'm going to follow them because they're rules. And I want my parents to be happy. I want my teachers to be happy. And because it's my nature ingrained inside of me, it makes me happy to be the good kid. So I always followed rules. So it was great. It was all, but what, the problem with that is following them without question is that later in life, when you're confronted with difficult circumstances and you don't have the why behind the rules, you don't really know how to respond. And so as I grew up, I was in this relationship so in relationship with this great Christian guy, he was always sharing sermons with me and books, and it was this whole thing. He was helping me really grow in Jesus, and so I kind of held him on this pedestal. I thought, like, man, this is, this is a Christian guy. It's what everybody at our church thought, too. It wasn't just me. Um, he, he taught me a lot. Like, it was this whole thing, but because in my life previously, I had not been perfect, he decided I was not quite perfect enough for him. And instead of just being up front and saying, hey, I don't think this is going to work out. Maybe we should just, you know, part ways. It just turned into a very verbally abusive relationship. We'd have good days and then he'd, we'd have a day where he would just scream at me at how worthless I was and um, you're used goods, you're trash, you're garbage. No one will ever love you. So you might as well just stay here. And this just went on for years because me as the rule follower, 
I knew I'd broken rules, so I kind of viewed it as my penance in a way. I kind of thought, well, I deserve to be treated this way because I didn't follow the rules and you should always follow the rules. That's, that's my brain. So I stayed here for years and I don't remember what the tipping point was. I do not remember what happened, what was said, what made my brain change. I can only say it's the grace of God. Um, one day I woke up and realized how toxic it was. And I was like, you know what? I got to go. Like, this is, this is not going to work. And the problem was I had wrapped all this into one package. So this wasn't just a relationship with the guy. This was everything I knew of God and Christians in religion and church. And it was all in the same package because I what, held him up on this pedestal. So when that comes crashing down and I realized this is probably not how I need to be treated, I feel like I'm stepping away from more than just a human. Um, in that process, I stopped going to our church and just trying to kind of give it a minute. But then through the process, not one person from church checked on me. And I don't mean church people that just randomly thought about me. I mean, people I did life with every single day. They were just like, bye. I thought, okay, so either he was right and I am absolutely worthless or people are crazy. And I thought, it's probably a little bit of both. And so I was like, you know what? If this is, my personality is very black and white. Like, you are, you aren't. So I couldn't have anything to do with it. I was like, you do what you say you're going to do or you don't. So I was out. It's like, I'd rather go live with people who I don't have expectations of rather than people who say one thing and do another. So that was the end of church. And I began a downward spiral of some very um, scary and painful and hurtful years after that. I don't know what happened with decision number one, and I can't tell you how decision number two came about either, other than, again, just the grace of God. At some point, I just started realizing that I was drowning, and I didn't have an answer for it. I didn't know what was going on, but I could just suddenly see how empty everything I was doing was. My relationships, um, the path I was on, every single thing. I had no values in anything, and I was like, okay, this just doesn't seem great. <laughs> let's do something about it. So I started just making little moves. I was like, let's just stop going out. Okay, let's stop some relationships. I was set to move to Canada. I was like, okay, let's, let's pull the plug on that. I was living downtown, moved back in with my parents out in the country. And um, to my knowledge, they thought it was, it, this was a great move because I'd been on the prayer list in Sunday school for so long. <laughs> they were really glad for me to be back home. Um, so I moved back in there. And while I'm at my parents' house, I end up at my parents' church. And it's there that I'm tricked into something that would end up changing my life. And I do say tricked because it was no decision of my own, really. Um, my, the youth pastor at my parents' church had asked me to go get coffee one day. And I thought, that's a really weird thing to do, but I'm in. Let's go. So we went to get coffee, and he's just asking me about my life and what's going on. and Because he knows the whole story. He's, he's heard the prayer list. He's heard all the things. He knows the story. So I'm just telling him, hey, here's where I am. And he's like, okay, cool. Will you come help me lead worship for some students? I was like, no. Like, have you lost your mind? And he was like, the, the best thing I've heard you say this whole time is that you don't think you can do it. And usually if people come in and think they can, they just screw it all up. But if you know that you can't, you're probably going to be a little more open to God um, doing it through you. I was like, oh, man, that's a very Christian thing to say. No, that's weird. Like, so I was like, no, still no. So I left, 
And the closer that Wednesday night got, he calls. He's like, hey, Jen, can't get anybody to play. Can you just come play bass just this one time? Just this one time. I was like, ugh. He knows I don't have anything to do, so I got to say yes. I don't want to let him down, all the things. So I said, okay, fine. One time, I'll come fill in. So I go play bass for these students. All right, bye. Next week, hey, Jen, I really need you to lead worship and play acoustic because nobody's here. I was like, what kind of church is this? Like, so I was like, okay, okay, fine. Because now he knows I definitely don't have anything to do because I can say yes on the fly. And so luckily this church was positioned just down the street from a beverage store. So I go to get some courage. Then I go down the street <laughs> to lead children in worship. And it was great. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> it was good. God can use anybody. Um, so for whatever reason, I keep showing up. I keep showing up and doing this thing. I'm like, man, y'all are okay. Just keep leading worship. And all of a sudden, one day, I cannot tell you what they were talking about. I can't tell you if it had any relevance to my life whatsoever. I just know it was my day. And God got my heart. I remember breaking down in a student ministry and just crying. I acted a fool. I don't usually do that in public. And I don't intend to ever again. But I cried and I cried and I cried. And I just remember feeling with every tear that came out, like I could literally feel shame coming out of my body. I could feel the depression coming out of my body and the emptiness and the, the loneliness and just all the things I'd never healed from in the past. I could literally feel just the weight coming out. In that moment, God got my heart. In that moment, I could 100% tell the difference between religion and relationship. I could 100% feel the difference in that one moment. I was like, this is not something I've ever, ever touched in my life. For all the years I had known Jesus previously, this was something I had never experienced before. And that is the feeling. That is, that's what we're talking about this morning. We're not talking about church. We're not talking about church people. We're not talking about a building. We're not talking about religion. We're talking about that relationship, that piece of, oh my gosh, I get it. That piece of, he's got my heart today. So this morning, I want us to make that conscious decision. And it really doesn't matter where you are this morning. It doesn't matter if you've never thought about Jesus. It doesn't matter if you've served him one million years. We can still say, yes, God, today, I want that relationship. I want a little bit more than I had yesterday. So before we really dig in, I just want us to pray, if that's cool. Let's pray. God, I love you so much. God, I thank you that you are right here. God, I thank you that anything can happen at the mention of your name, that you are just so close. And I pray that this morning you'd help our hearts and our minds to be focused on you and not distracted by anything else. I pray that you would help my words to be filtered by your Holy Spirit and that you would just bless the word this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, if you have your Bibles with you, you can pull those out. We'll have scriptures on the screen, but I'm going to read for you from 1 Peter this morning. I'm going to read from the message because I just really love the language that it uses in this scripture. It's 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 17. It says, so roll up your sleeves, get your head in the game, be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. Don't lazily slip back into these old grooves of evil, doing just what you feel like doing. You didn't know any better then, but you do now. As obedient children, let yourself be pulled into a way of life 
shaped by God's life, a life energetic and blazing with holiness. <clears throat> God said, I am holy, so you be holy. You call out to God for help and he helps because he's a good father that way. But don't forget, he's also a responsible father and he won't let you get by with sloppy living. This is what we're called to. Holiness is what we're called to. But what I see so much is people using their energy in exactly the opposite way. We're called to keep striving to be more like Jesus, to be set apart. But what I see so much are people looking for the line. What's, what's okay and what's not okay? Social media, I love it so much. I love it. But you have to be so careful because this is the hub of like crazy town. And there are so many discussions because we're very, very woke right now. And we discuss all the things. And discussion's not bad entirely, but you just have to be careful. And even if you're being careful of what you let into your life, what you're reading, what you're being a part of, um, the crazy will find you, specifically on Facebook. And so even when I'm careful, I'm in these groups um, for people working in the church and we're looking at media and equipment and fonts and design and things like that. And I'm like, okay, this is church design, church design. And then there's a discussion that says, what quest words do you think are acceptable for Christians to say? What? And instead of people just passing it over, there's this whole argument from people saying, you can say whatever you want to say. Say them all. They're fine. Somebody else says, don't say any of them. Don't even think them. And it's just back and forth, all this crazy. And I'm like, y'all have so much energy to waste. Like, I don't have energy to read this, much less engage. My heart can't handle it. Like, I would just explode. But you'll see the same discussions over alcohol, over what we can wear or watch or what we can do. And it's like, why are we looking for this line? They're looking for this line that says, this is not okay, but this is okay. So I think I'll just stop right here. And I think that'll be fine because I'm acceptable now. But when I see that we're called to be like Jesus, we're called to holiness. I'm thinking that's, aren't we called to get away from the line to just keep trying to get better? What I think is so funny about it is the concept of a line anyways. Like what's this breaking point of right or wrong? And what I know is that each one of us, even in this room, much less the globe, are on a different part of our journey with Jesus than the person beside you. Which means our lines would all be different anyways. Here's my experience with lines. When um, I had first gotten saved, Brandon took me to this college ministry and I was so excited to go. I was on this new journey. I was on this new path, uh, this new relationship with Jesus, but I had an old closet. And so I wore what I had. I had some very short shorts on. I had some socks up to my knees with these high top Adidas. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was this whole hip hop get up that should not be worn in the daytime anywhere. And we were going to church, so it was cool. And I was completely oblivious to this at the moment. Brandon just told me the story later, but he said we walked in there and I was so excited. And people were judging me up and down. They were just watching me go through that building just like, don't she know better? Like, what is she, what is she wearing that here for? And his heart, of course, is defensive because he could see me. Why he was hanging out with me, I don't know. Again, God's grace has been on my life way more than I deserve. But he's looking at people going, and you just wait. You just wait. And I'm like, whatever. Praise Jesus. Like, I'm like, I'm right where I need to be. So in that moment, they had this line of what was right and wrong, completely missing the fact that I was exactly where I needed to be. Exactly. 
And from that day on, you know what I did? I did the same thing I did yesterday and today, and I'll do it again tomorrow. I got a little bit better. I got a little bit better because I wanted to be like Jesus until I went and got some pants. <laughs> I mean, every day I was just like, God, I want to be a little bit better and a little bit better. And my line changed of what I thought was right and wrong. I was like, oh, okay, you know what? The Bible, nobody opened up their Bible and said, Jen, right here it says, your shorts have to come to here. <laughs> nobody did that. But for the first time in my life, I was making decisions based on relationship yeah. because I love Jesus and I know I'm called not to provoke other people to sin, right? So maybe I should, let's change some things. So I did. And that thought process, and I think where's a good synopsis of how we should think and act as Christians, I found in Romans chapter 14, verses 13 through 19. This is going to be from the message version as well, just because I love the language in it. It's very relatable. But it says, forget about deciding what's right for each other. Here's what you need to be concerned about. That you don't get in the way of someone else making life more difficult than it already is. I'm convinced, Jesus convinced me, that everything in itself is holy. We, of course, by the way we treat it or talk about it, can contaminate it. If you confuse others by making a big issue of what they eat or don't eat, you're no longer a companion with them in love, are you? These, remember, are persons for whom Christ died. Would you risk sending them to hell over an item in their diet? Don't you dare let a piece of God-blessed food become an occasion for soul poisoning. God's kingdom isn't a matter of what you put in your stomach, for goodness sakes. It's what God does with your life as he sets it right, puts it together, and completes it with joy. That's a process. Your task is to single-mindedly serve Christ do that and you kill two birds with one stone, pleasing the God above you and proving your worth to the people around you. So let's agree to use all of our energy in getting along with each other, helping others with encouraging words. Don't drag them down by finding fault. And the same could be said for anything in our lives, for alcohol, for the words we say, for the shows we watch, for what we wear, where we go. It should be fueled by holiness because we're called to be holy and a love for his people. It's not always about you. <gasps> it's crazy because it's not, it's not a rule book. The Bible is not a rule book. It's a guide for relationship. The rules you'll find in the Bible are things like don't kill folks. <laughs> don't steal things. Don't be envious. Don't be lustful. They are, they are guides for us as a human. They shape your character. The rules in the Bible will shape your character and your character will determine the details. Your character will determine your actions. And when you love Jesus and you love his people, your actions are going to be affected because you want everybody to succeed because Jesus wants you to succeed. I mean, it's a very simple. None of this is groundbreaking unless you're getting triggered by rules because religion has had you for a long time. And it's time to let that part go. When that's what's fueling your decisions, you'll have the boldness to pray prayers like, God, just let me be a little bit better. God, let me be better than yesterday. One of my favorite prayers is from Psalms 139. It's verses 23 and 24. It just says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me in the path of everlasting life. And that's a bold prayer to pray. You know why? Because <laughs> he's going to show you the things. Yeah. When you pray that, he's going to show you the things and you'll be like, oh, man, I feel weird. You're going to be watching a show you used to love to watch and now you feel like you need a shower. Like, oh, 
There was so much language in that. Or, oh, that was so bad. You'll start feeling bad when you do things you used to be comfortable in. And it's not because something crazy is going on. It's because you're growing. It's because you're letting God move inside of you and show you things that will just, if you get this thing out of the way, you'll see more of me. If you just get this little thing out of the way, you'll step, take a step forward. It's uncomfortable, but if you allow it to happen and then you respond correctly instead of retreating, because that's what our hearts want to do, like, Ugh! nobody likes that feeling. You want to run away, but if you'll just lean into it and go, okay, God, I get it. This is terrible, but let's do it. You'll get more clarity in your life. You'll have more wisdom. You'll have more closeness in your relationships with your family and your friends and your children. It's not because praying a prayer is magic, but it's because it's what growth produces. It cleans things out. So what are the things that we need to do to live this out, to actually pursue relationship over religion with Jesus? It's simple. It really is simple but it just requires consistency. Change requires consistency. So if you hadn't written anything else down yet, I'm about to give you three simple things. If you wanna grab those notes, you're gonna write them down because you're gonna forget, even though they're easy. The first thing you gotta do is you gotta make a decision. You gotta make a decision. And every single day, you gotta make a decision. Because just like being in love, just like living a healthy lifestyle or parenting children or saving money, it's not always fun. Any big decision is going to have a day that all oh, the ooey gooey's there and you're like, man, this is so easy. I could do this forever. And then you're going to wake up and have a bad day and you're still going to have to go, mm, yes, Jesus, still yes. Some days I wake up and I'm like, man, Asher, my five-year-old, you were just so cuddly awesome. Like I could, I could hang out with you for, for decades. Like this will be great. And then other days I'm like, man, can you take a really long nap today? <laughs> it's not always awesome. Some days he's hilarious and sometimes he's not. <laughs> You're a parent regardless. You still have to say, meh, I'll feed you. <laughs> I'll let you in the house. You still got to make these decisions. The same thing when you pursue a relationship with Jesus. You're going to wake up some days. You're going to be in a night of worship and be like, man, this is easy. I can feel his spirit right here. He's, so, he's right here. And then you're going to wake up on another day and it's going to be hard. And you're going to feel all alone. And you've got to still say, you know what, Jesus? It's still yes. It's just consistency. But the beautiful thing about the gospel is that it's for everybody. You don't have to look a certain way or get to this certain point before you can say, yeah, Jesus, I choose you. A lot of junk can be packed in before 1130 in the morning. So today may have been your worst day of life so far. But today is still a great day to go, Jesus, I want to change today. You know what? Today I want to be a little bit closer to you. And before 1130 was before 1130. But now it's 1221. So now it's a yes. Now it's new. The second thing you have to do after you make a decision is you've got to give yourself grace. You've got to give yourself grace. You remember that scripture I read before? It's a process. He's got to put you together and complete you. You're not going to wake up and be perfect one day just because you said yes. You're not going to sit in this seat and be like, yeah, God, and then walk out and just be like magically Christian altar girl. Like <laughs> it's a process. So you have to give yourself grace. When you pray that prayer in Psalms that says, search my heart and show me things, 
He's not going to overwhelm you with all the things and then bam, you, you either freak out or fix it and then we're done. It's a process every single day of your life. You're going to have to wake up and say yes, make a decision, and then you're going to have to have grace for yourself because he's going to continue perfecting you. He's going to show you this little thing and you're going to fix it. He's going to say, Jen, go get some pants. <laughs> and you're going to go get some pants. Well, I'm Jen. I'll go get pants. Then he's going to say, you know what, Jen? That's a great job. You've got some new clothes. Why don't, why don't you watch your mouth? And I'll be like, oh, okay. I can do that too. And he's going to show you one more little thing and one more little thing. And he's going to continue perfecting you until you're more and more and more like Jesus. But you've got to have grace in the process. <clears throat> should let a load off knowing you will never, ever wake up perfect. <laughs> you will never work so far down the list that you are perfect. But the only thing that can discourage you faster than any other thing is comparison. So you make a decision, you're going to give yourself grace, and then you're going to stay in your lane. I'm telling you. Social media in your hand, scrolling through for 0.2 seconds, looking at everybody's family pictures, looking at their vacations, looking at their new house and their new cars and all the things can make you feel like you are not good enough so fast. But you have no idea the story that's behind those pictures. You have no idea how hard they work to get there. You have no idea what's going on behind those smiles that will make you go, man, how are you smiling at all? Like you have no idea what they're going through. All you see is their highlights. And that's fine. I love it. I don't blame anybody for only posting the highlights of life. Nobody wants to see you crying in a corner. But we all do, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> is that just me? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> We all have a bad day and we all have a good day, but we're not going to post all the junk. We're going to post the good stuff. So you've got to know everybody else does the same thing. So comparing yourself just to someone else's good side is only going to push you right back into religion. It's going to push you back into that lane of trying to find lines of this is good, this is bad, I don't measure up, or man, I'm so much better than them. And no matter which way you're judging, it is going to end in failure. It's going to end in heartache, in comparison, in judgment, and you'll find yourself right back in religion because relationship doesn't do that. Relationship celebrates with your friend and keeps it moving. You've got to be self-aware enough to be able to use social media responsibly to go, you know what, this is starting to get to me. I need to put it down. Because your journey is your journey. And where you are in this path with Jesus is not where your neighbor is. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Make a decision, give yourself grace, and leave everybody else alone. God wants you to succeed. It is not an obstacle course to find him. It just takes consistency. It's very small things that you have to do all the time. But it's easy if you'll just keep doing it. So back to the beginning, I don't know why you're here. I don't know why you're in these seats. I don't know who's here because somebody brought them here. I don't know who's here because it's what you do on a Sunday and because we're in the South, right? We all go to church. Or I don't know if you're here because you've been serving God for a really long time and you absolutely love being in his house. But regardless of what's into the spectrum or where in between you are, all of us can make a decision to go just a little bit farther. I pray that every single week for myself. God, I don't know what you have for us this Sunday, but I want to leave better. I don't just pray this over people who need you. If I ever think I'm not a people who need you, whoo, 
I pray it for all of us every single day. God, help us to take one more step in you. I know there's more. I know there's more. So this morning, I don't know where you are, but if this is your first time to say yes to Jesus, man, I would love to celebrate with you. The cool thing about Cultivate is that it's our heart. It's our heart to celebrate life change. You've got a community that's like built in. You don't have to figure this out by yourself. You don't have to pray this prayer and walk out and start reading Genesis. Mm. That won't last very long. But in relationship, you can stick it out. In relationship with people who are here to just discover life on purpose together, that's where it's found. That's where it's easy because you've got a support system. So today is a great day to make a change. And if you've been serving him for a long time and today you want to swipe right and be like, Jesus, I need a new yes or I need to say yes again just because it's a new day. Whichever yes that you're given today, I just pray we'd all walk out with one because what I know is that when a whole group of people all say yes and are all seeking him, man, when we come together in unity, because we've all been praying through the week, we've all been worshiping through the week and we come in with one mind, not where we've got to conjure up something in you, but you're here like, oh yeah, Oh yeah, I'm in God's house now. I'm with God's people because we're all seeking Him. That's when He moves. That's when we see revival. That's when He does something incredible. So this morning, if we could all just bow our heads and close our eyes, I wanna pray together. And specifically, if this is your first time to say yes to Jesus, God, I wanna pray with you. It's so easy. All you have to do is pray, God, just forgive me of my sins so far. God, I pray that you'd give me just the strength to make a 180 and start living a new life. God, that you would inhabit my heart and help me walk out a new journey with you.